Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Hi there. I hope that you are digging into month, let's see, are we on month eight now? It is, and it's a conversation about love. We're doing The Hour Has Come. And we are in the month of April. So hard to believe it's going by so quickly. But we are talking about the last words of Jesus before the crucifixion. And he said quite a lot in chapter 15, right after he talked about the vine and the branches, about loving him and what friendship with Jesus actually does mean. So let's look at John 15 at that passage. And what we're asking is specifically about verses 12 and 13. This is number five if you're in the book. But when we look at verses 12 and 13 of chapter 15, it reads thus, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Well, when we look at that, we obviously have the advantage of looking in hindsight, and we know that Jesus was talking about the crucifixion there. He was talking about the fact that he was going to give his life for the salvation of all of those who obeyed him. He goes on and talks about obedience. The question here was, is do you think that they fully comprehended at the cross that this death was a propitiation for the sins of mankind. Were they uh, savvy to the fact that this was redemption, spiritual redemption for eternal life for mankind? Well, I'm going to postulate here that I don't think they knew. I don't think they knew at the cross the complete meaning the full impact that Jesus' death on the cross had. It seems that they were very much afraid that they weren't expecting Jesus' life to be taken as they fled from the garden. I don't believe at this point that they knew fully that it was for the salvation of mankind. I think we can see that they didn't even know that after the resurrection. We look at Mark 16, verses 9 to 14. And then if we begin in verse 9, now this is the same chapter in which Jesus is going to give the Great Commission. So we are at the end of his time on the earth. And he says here, it says when Jesus was risen, and of course in Mark we don't have a lot of details about the life of Jesus after the resurrection as we do, as many as we do in some of the other Gospels. When Jesus was risen early, the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. And she went and told them that had been with him as they mourned and wept. And they, when they heard that he was alive and had been seen of her, believed not. So still, they don't believe that Jesus has, he hasn't shown himself himself to them yet so he does they don't believe that he is even resurrected from the dead how can they fully understand the concept of redemption which is based on the resurrection if they don't believe yet that Jesus 
was resurrected from the dead. So I believe here, even as far as this point, they still don't understand that Jesus was giving his life for them, for their salvation. If we look at Luke 24, and in that chapter, I wanted us to notice verse 10 and 11. It says there, it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James and other women that were with them, which told these things to the apostles and their words seemed to them as idle tales and they believed not. Now this is before Peter ran to the sepulcher, but at this point, they're not believing that Jesus has even been raised from the dead, much less understanding that the resurrection brings eternal life to those who obey him. So then I wanted us to also look at, and we're not going to read all of this because it's a long passage, but in Luke chapter 24, verses uh, 17 to 49, same chapter that we're in, we have Jesus walking along the road to Emmaus, and then we have him in verse 36, Jesus stood in the middle of them and said, peace be to you. These are the apostles, but they were terrified and afraid. And they supposed he had been a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see. For a spirit doesn't have flesh and bones as you see me have. And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. And look at 41. And while they yet believed not for joy and wondered, he said to them, Do you have any meat here, anything at all to eat? And they gave him a piece of a broiled fish and a honeycomb, and he took it and ate it before them. Don't you know he was hungry? And he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then he opened up their understanding, listen, that they might understand the scriptures. And he explained it to them. And he said to them, verse 46, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all the nations, beginning at Jerusalem, and you are witnesses of these things. I mean, he's laying it out there for them, and then they witness the ascension of Jesus back to the Father, and I think they were starting to get it. Jesus spelled it out for them. And we know for sure that they had it at by the time Pentecost rolled around. Um, Acts 2, verses 36 to 38. Boy, they're never looking back from here. He makes this case that Jesus is the Son of God. He talks about the miraculous resurrection that they witnessed. He talks about um, that he is by the right hand of God exalted now. And then 36, therefore, let all the house of Israel, all you Jews know for sure that God has made the same Jesus whom you have crucified and God has made him Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? 
And then Peter said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises to you and your children and to all those who are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So I'm telling you, by Acts 2, it's obvious they have the full picture. And I think that's because they have the testimony of Jesus there before he ascended into heaven saying, this is what you've been told all along was going to happen. And I gave my life and I'm raised from the dead so that you can preach repentance and remission of sins And then, so they have the testimony of Jesus himself, and then by Acts 2 here, they have the baptism of the Holy Spirit and this great testimony flowing from their tongues in foreign languages that the death and resurrection of Jesus is so that you may be saved. I think they fully got it when the baptism of the Holy Spirit occurred. They fully got it, but I believe Jesus had given them an intellectual picture at least what they should be knowing before he ascended into heaven. I love the way that God's plan comes together here so that they know and they are sure and they are saying, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this same Jesus. He's raised him from the dead and I've just given you the proofs, the evidence that he did raise him from the dead. So these prophetic verses in chapter 15, John 15 verses 12 and 13 were spot on, of course. The prophecies of Jesus are are spot on, but the apostles, I don't believe, understood them until fully, until at least some point between the Ascension and Pentecost. But by Pentecost, we look and we see that they're never going to look back again. And then Acts 3 to 5 follows Pentecost immediately. And you see that they are willing to drink of the cup, Jesus said, unless you're willing to drink of the cup that I'm drinking. And he was referring to the cup of suffering. And in Acts 3 to 5, we see extreme suffering and ridicule, but extreme boldness on the part of Peter and John, we see that they are convicted that they are never looking back. All right, I hope that you have a great study this month. I'm looking forward to the dig a bits and then finally the podcast, which will happen on the last Thursday of this month. I believe it is the 28th. Please notice, not a Tuesday this time, it'll be on Thursday the 28th. Have a good day.